how do we judge the outcome? That, that is such a good question, because if you take a look at the traditional approach of these situations, we recognize that some learners do learn better in an online environment, and then we try and place them into online programs. A lot of states have right. statewide online programs, mm-hmm. and that's where they're suggested to go based on observation of situations, and we know that that's right for the student. Um, others, students like myself, I love being around people. It, it would impact me working independently online and not getting that, that engagement with people. Like you're you're actually, yeah, you're answering a question right now that I was planning to ask you as, you know, coming up, Susan, we're getting ready to wrap up. Like you're such an outgoing guy. Like you're very social. I can't imagine you spending too much of your time, not with people. I mean, like, and so I think for some students that could be very hard. And, 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 And I think that if you were to take that idea in the statement, people are going to struggle with this in, 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 in the short turnaround that they're not going to be used to it. So I think it's unfair to say, well, if Johnny, if Johnny's learning experience or achievement has dipped, was it because online learning? Yeah, it could be. I think that's fair. It's not a fit for everybody, but also we're not at a point where we're maximizing how we deliver online remote blended learning, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're still so young to understand what is effective? What, what, how can we help Johnny, the person that needs engagement? How can we increase engagement opportunities for Johnny in a blended slash remote learning environment? You know, there are some districts that are super well equipped to do that. Right. For, for a district that's just starting out, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. I would, I would challenge to say, be patient with it and take this as a learning experience and understand how you can improve upon what, what you've done in your first couple of weeks when you're about to just launch it out of nowhere, you know? So I I don't know if that completely answers your question. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, yeah, I I think, I think when the plan for my district, my division was to sort of roll this out slowly through the rest of the year with sort of individualized training for the teachers. And then next year, I think the plan was that they're going to remove access to Google classroom and the alternatives but not to force full implementation. Like it was basically going to be a year of we're going to do like everybody was going to do two or three things you got to do and you determine how much else. And by the year after that, I think the goal was full implementation by the second year. Very typical. And, Very and I think that's, you know, a way, a way to do that. And, you know, so I, I agree. I think it would be unfair to judge the long-term success of this on any short-term action, particularly when we're maybe being forced to rush into it a little bit by circumstances no one chose. But let's say, let's say we do the normal year or two rollout. Like, what are you guys seeing? I understand your job. So you, you're not in a position to ever say like the data looks bad and it's not going to work. And so I'm not expecting that. And I also don't think that's necessarily true, but what, what I'm saying is like how over the next two or three years, what are we supposed to look at to determine how much better this is working than just the classroom? Cause I don't think just the classroom is the right answer. I also don't think just online is the right answer for most kids. Some kids maybe, well, but like, and just, it's how do we, how do we figure out what's the right way to calibrate this for most students? Like what, what, what's the measuring stick, I guess. Like how do you guys look at a district and say, yeah, this is going well, or this here's, isn't working. Here's, as well? here's, here's what I say, because it's, it, it does go back to, are you, are you running a CTE program like project-based learning, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you can do so much with Canvas and, and a learning management system attaching standards and outcomes and, and taking a look at data points. And, you know, you can extrapolate a lot of this data of usage 
and put it in a way to visualize it, you know, it's up to the district to determine what data points will point to success and not success. It's tough for me to point to a specific um, unit to say, hey, you'll see an increase in this. In right. X, when X is variable to every district, to every school, every principal, here's what I will say. If I can gain agreement in the beginning of our conversation about is a common goal to increase student achievement, is that a, is that a fair statement? Increasing student achievement. Right. I'll then follow up with, you know, are you familiar with the study of John Hattie where, where he took, you know, thousands of instructional strategies uh, and, and determined what instructional strategies increased student achievement. What he found was the top 10. Let's take one of the top 10. It's acceleration. Mm-hmm. If we know acceleration is a very strong, has a very strong impact on student treatment, why are we not accelerating more often with, with our students? Well, it, it's, it's difficult in a face-to-face format. I've got 80 kids setting up individualized pathways, automating it, Right to allow them to experience acceleration. Let those accelerate and those that need remedial help. Let's put them in a not in a bucket. Let's just let's put them through a pathway of learning that's reflective of what they know and what they need to know more of. Mm-hmm. But these systems, I can set up those structures and those learning experiences where I get a eighteen out of twenty, you get a twelve out of twenty. I know that would never happen in real life, but. I get the 18 out of 20, you get the 12 out of 20, and and I've got automatic lessons that have been organized by you, Mr. Tibbins, that I'm going to be working on, and you're going to get another subset. Now, we're accelerating. We're using the system to automate that learning experience, and it's it's giving you, the teacher, more time to spend one-on-one with those that really need it. Now, that's acceleration. We're using the system to automate those processes. Does it take time to set up? Yes, Take the time to set it up and then free up your time thereafter. Right. I know that this doesn't answer your thing, your question of specifically, what can I look at to tell me that this has been successful? I think we need to identify why we're doing this, what areas we want to improve upon, whether that be saving teachers time or providing more choice and voice for students on how they showcase their mastery You know, if we can identify what those goals are, if we're doing a better job doing those things with the selected software, then it's a success. But to say that, hey, Johnny's test scores went up 3%, I mean, do you have the tools to showcase that? Right. Yeah, no, and I understand. And that's, I mean, you know, big help for differentiation, you know, between students in the room and all that. I just, I'm I'm never, I forget, I forget the terms he used, but um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point. And yeah. he talks about one of the things about, you know, like for tech stuff, you have the early adopters who just, they always do the new things. It's new and it's cool and it's right. cutting edge. Sure. And then you have the second group that sort of waits to see, and then they jump in. And then you have the people that come behind where they're just, eventually they're forced into things that work because it worked, right? I'm I'm solidly in that second group. I love to watch other, like I love to talk about a new thing and then watch yeah. everybody else sort it out and jump in. Yeah. And so my concern with how not just my school division, but I think a lot of places right now were because, because of health concerns, yep. we see a lot of places rushing in to do this. And I think that it's going to be very easy for students to have less than the ideal experience. Yep. I think that a lot of teachers may as well, just because we don't have the full training. Like you said, the, the, all the things that are done best take some time. And I think that's fair. I, that's reasonable. My concern, while I'm not a guy who's in a big rush to do it right away, I also don't want it to go away because the first time we do it, it 
wasn't done well. Like I'm, I'm a little nervous about how this is going to go. Not because I was that eager to jump in just because I think there is real value. I just don't know if we have the time to figure it out before we have to use it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I really, I I'm, a, I'm a little nervous about the speed. Yeah. And that's why I said in during one of your questions, you know, don't use this learning like use this as a learning opportunity. Don't let this be the definition as to why something did or did not work. Cause a lot of people are being forced to learn it in a time frame that is not fair and there isn't a set plan to execute upon. Right. You can easily say, okay, we're going to learn this in a couple of hours. We're going to take, look, I, look, I, I've seen districts take five years, grow incrementally on how they're leveraging Canvas. It, it is a, people don't want to hear it takes like three years to really do this well. That's yeah. the truth though. And, and when, you, when you start operating with an LMS, that provides all of this choice and voice, flexibility, access to resources, ensuring accessibility, ensuring privacy, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. But yeah. if you think it's going to be a light switch, no. it's change management, man. You're, you're turning to shit. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I, I, I think that that's true in a lot of things. Like I personally believe you have to teach the same class at least three years in a row yeah. before you can even claim that you're good at it. And you probably still aren't that good at it. Like right. it takes time. And what's tricky in education is because you have such a short window of time when you're working with these students, like say in a high school, this kid's here for four years. Yep. Right. And so even if we're not thinking about in my classroom, we're thinking about initiative school wide, that kid is here for four years. If it yep. takes us as a school three years to get it right, then what's the outcome there? And it's so easy to either get bored if you're someone who sits in an administrative office and your job is to do something new, yeah. then they tend not to be patient people. And if you're the person in the school who's looking at the, the student success rates, you go, well, you know what? That didn't work. Well, you know, that kid was here for four years. We did it for three of them. You got to You got to give that another three years. Like we have to roll the dice and say, we're going to, we're going to gamble on whether or not this is going to work for the next four years right? before we jump ship entirely. And I I think that's like you said about platform fatigue. Um, I've heard a lot of people use the term initiative fatigue every year or two. There's a new initiative and it's not that any of them are necessarily bad. I just think sometimes we don't give them time to work or we have so many of them that people can't put the energy they should towards them. And so sometimes we think we didn't get a good outcome and we just didn't give ourselves time to learn how to get that outcome. back to me being naturally uncomfortable with you asking me what metric can we look at to ensure that this was or was not successful between now and the end of your school year there is zero metric that will point to whether this was successful or not yeah there just won't be there's not that magic equation but but rather you know sometimes data can just be really crappy at guiding you you know, you need time to take a look at data over time, right? You see like sports, someone might have like a one-off like year and then they get paid money because it was just the right time. And then it was a terrible contract. Like, Joe Flacco. <laughs> there you go. You know, like, like I, you know, there's just, this is a good thing. It's going to create continuity and, and, and a baseline and a common denominator for everything moving forward. You know, I, man, I, I wish the best at, at, to all those districts that are kind of in, in your position right now. They're going to try their best. It, it will be a learning experience. Yeah. You're going to have hiccups. You're going to have a day where it just does not work. And you're going to be like, nope, this doesn't work. Forget it. No. <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to happen. But stay the course, you know, go, go with the process. And the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, the benefits that you're going to receive from diving in like this, you're going to get water up the nose, like jumping off of the dive board for the first time, but you're going to be doing flips 
in no time. It just it takes some time. People that are right. 